0: What up everybody and welcome to the drama club on this week's episode Melania wears Zara from several seasons ago how dare she well fashion faux pas (laughs) and then Charles Manson proves once again why we don't fuck with the Beach Boys (laughs) (laughs) and we finish up with Dick Cheney being
1: Elmer Fudd on this week's drama club.
0: What up fam? What up? Feels good, right? Feels good, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it dude. I know yeah. it just, yeah. And without further ado, without further ado uh, we broadcast live. I listened to it today.
1: It's fucking crazy to me, man. She's a fucking crazy bitch. <laughs> I like how everybody's all riled up with us too on Instagram. Uh, I know, everyone's like, fuck that bitch. Yeah, <laughs> fucking nasty bitch. It's true. Fuck her. Um. Ew, fuck her. <laughs> I started watching Queer Eye.
0: Oh, you did? Which like the very, very beginning or like the new ones? No
1: yeah, no, the new ones, but like the first season of the new ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like
0: okay, I got it. Because I haven't watched the new new ones, so like the second part. Okay.
1: Yeah, I like it. It's really good.
0: It's really cute. Yeah. I uh something popped into my head today and I've been like saying it over and over and over
1: and over. What? <laughs> They're leggings. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, man. Oh, we need to talk about that, dude. I can't believe they're bringing it. Why
0: are they going to do that? And apparently Jane's not going to be in it. What? Oh, it's going to be Daria and, and uh, Jody. Yeah, which that's whack. They weren't even friends.
1: No, they didn't really even like each other. No,
0: they like they respected each other because they were both smart, but they weren't like homies.
1: Yeah. No, you totally need Jane because Jane checks Daria and she's funny and quick. Yeah. With Yeah, that's fucking whack. And if
0: the fashion club isn't going to be in it, then I'm not going to watch it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm literally dying of excitement.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And what is the because, you know, the whole thing was like they always use the music of the day yeah the show like what what is it gonna be now it's gonna be
1: fucking migos (laughs) yeah (laughs) logic and shit
0: hey what's the name of how do you pronounce the name of the dude that was shot that died
1: extension right really i have no idea me i that might be really wrong i because
0: i I might not be able to read but i thought it i thought it was extentation
1: Oh, maybe that's it.
0: But I don't know what. To, that's not a thing, though.
1: I just see like the first three X's, a T, E, and then I know they're talking about him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't even like, finish the word. That's so that's sad. That's really sad. He's super young. Did you see all the like uh, controversy over like people sympathizing his death, though? Mm. Yeah. So he beat his girlfriend who was pregnant.
0: Yeah. And then he
1: also tried to murder
0: a gay person for being gay wow people are doing the most to defend abusers and yeah i don't know
1: i did it sad i mean it's totally sad and totally uh, awful that he died nobody deserves to die for sure but i mean he also did bad looks and people are allowed to have their feelings about those bad fucking looks yeah yeah
0: my my only thing is like all these people like caping for him
1: you yeah know? Like, like relax th- yeah it's not that's not necessary it's like the same with that bitch trying to defend Winona Ryder <laughs> like def- like fucking Winona Ryder gives a shit about you
0: <laughs> and you know this motherfucker didn't give a shit about you, you he don't give a shit about are.
1: anybody he didn't even care about his pregnant girlfriend you think yeah. he cares about fucking at Vanessa Bryant <laughs> 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 they called themselves the family they came and went the number varied
0: from 20 to 30. Police said they were a pseudo-religious cult. People who worked on the ranch said they were heavy users of drugs. What are we talking about today? Um, You said Melania, right? Yeah, but that was my way of like introing it into the podcast.
1: Oh, you want to know what I'm talking about?
0: No, I wanted, to, I wanted you to be like, oh, we're talking about today's hot topic is... Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry,
1: man. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. I'm sorry, man. Maybe
0: we should have recorded on Sunday.
1: (laughs) I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about, man? We're gonna discuss this." I forgot we're recording. Sometimes I just think we're talking to each other. Yeah, like, hey. Uh, All right, you want to try again? Yeah. Okay. So, what are we talking about today, Steph? So, we gotta talk about Melania. Chompito wearing uh <laughs> well we got to talk about we should talk about a lot of melania cuz for this bitch was in hiding for like a month yo yo
0: she she had some sort of <laughs> like a kidney surgery or something which okay
1: yeah i mean if that that
0: sucks right that sucks sure.
1: if it time. was that but what if it wasn't that what if she just wanted a break from donald <laughs> <laughs> she was like i need a break from this first lady shit people
0: were saying she had a facelift
1: yeah maybe fuck man her eye you can't even fucking see her face
0: there's nothing else left to lift
1: yeah like where are you gonna grab skin from
0: and let me tell you both my grandma and my mom have had bomb ass tune-ups in guatemala why does their plastic surgery look better than melania because
1: they fucking ask for <laughs> too much i bet i bet they go in there and they're like i want to look 20 like bitch you're 75 there's no fucking way <laughs> you know like have some real expectations about this shit. You're right, dude. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, first she was in hiding, then she came out Mm -hmm. of hiding, and then Donald (laughs) continued being, you know, his shithole self. Mm -hmm. But the big news this week was that she went to go see the children that are being separated from their parents as they come to the border requesting asylum, Mm -hmm. and she wore a jacket.
0: (laughs) A very special jacket by Zara, $39. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she's she's of the people she's for the people <laughs> that said i don't care do you there's only two possible options i think it's either like literally the dumbest most thoughtless thing uh, first lady has ever done or it's the cruelest thing a first lady has ever done so
1: so Take i think pick. first of all in regards to your first option mm-hmm. there's no fucking way there's no way, because it's not like she just goes out. It's not like she drove up by herself, r- rolled up on a Zara. And was yeah, to- <laughs> and right.
0: Like, oh, I like that. <laughs> and, she's got, and she's got people.
1: It, no, that's what I'm saying. No, yeah. I te- I didn't think about what you were saying. Like, yeah, if somebody bought that for her, right, deliberately. Yeah. No, okay, cool. I didn't even think about that. What I'm saying is, like, it's not like she showed up to visit those children by herself. Right, right. She was with a group of how many fucking people? Somebody knew like you know like all, out of all of those fucking people yeah. they're all dumb enough to let that go? No way. Right. They right. knew what the fuck they were doing.
0: Yeah. And, and then, then her her sta- her um her chief of staff said something like cuz everyone was like no way this isn't real. Yeah. And then her chief of staff was like, "Yeah, she wore it, but there's no secret message or anything." Yeah. And then cut to a few hours later, fucking her hubby, Donald yeah. Trump tweeted like yeah she wore it but it's a secret message to the media because she's tired of their fake fake news yeah he oh my god
1: he can go fuck himself he's so ridiculous yeah so melania sucks i mean like we this is the thing like i i've never really liked her some people like are kind of sympathetic towards her right because they think you know she's putting up with this fool i do like how she always like obviously hates him like she's always (laughs) like get the fuck away from me
0: yeah i like that okay here here's my thing with her i've always been like she didn't sign up for this
1: right you know
0: but she's also she could walk away and be fine you know and she
1: could walk away and make a statement by walking away
0: right she's not like a lot of women or people for that matter who can't leave a a fucked up relationship because they have nowhere to go they have you know they have children that yeah she got her papers right Yeah, she got her papers and right, she cool. she got she's going to get a settlement like nice. she could she could and should walk away. At times I have found myself feeling a little bit sorry for her, but I catch myself and I'm like, don't feel sorry for her.
1: Yeah. And you this know? is one of those times where it's like, OK, let's remember who the fuck we're dealing with. Yeah, A woman who fucking stands by this fool. Yeah. You know. Throughout and this- all this shit. And she married him clearly for money. And right. all th- power to her. Like, honestly, like, that doesn't even really bother me that it much. It doesn't bother me
0: at all. She, she, knew, what she marry- yeah. knew what she was what, doing. He
1: knew what he was doing. Fine. It just bothers me that, like, it's one thing to want to marry someone for money. It's another thing to be able to marry this fool for money. Right. Like, I think that says something about who she is. Of course. And you yeah.
0: remember even before when he was sort of, like, flirting with running for president, she was also a birther she went on the view and was talking shit like oh i don't know where obama was born like fuck yeah. you you ignorant stupid fucking bitch like that's the most racist shit ever and you're like wrapping yourself up in it fuck you yeah fuck her
1: dude fuck her to hell anyways uh i follow this guy on instagram who works for i think it's vogue china i like these uh International Vogue people because they dress really cool. Yeah. And he posted a picture of it and he said, first of all, friends don't let friends wear Zara. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and then he said, second of all, friends really don't let friends wear old Zara.
0: Oh, how, is it from like an old season? I guess it's
1: like seasons ago or whatever.
0: That's funny. Zara has some bad looks, dude. Yeah, they have super bad looks. You know, like they're. Isn't it the the heir to the Zara fortune is married to that hot felon. Yeah. Or something or no, they the he's
1: her baby daddy. Yeah. Did oh, they haven't gotten married. I think no. he just got divorced from his first yeah, wife.
0: He, he did. That's funny. Mm-hmm. When have you ever seen her wear anything
1: with words on it? Like, never. 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 So- She's straight Victoria Beckham's it most of the time. She looks pretty right. good.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's, I always feel like I'll see her and I'll be like, damn, I like that outfit. And I'll be like, no, like I hate
1: myself. But yeah,
0: but she went out of her way to fucking wear this. Yeah. She can't speak English. (laughs) she have someone translate that shit. She allegedly speaks five languages. They say I've really what five. I don't know, but I've Hmm. barely heard her speak English. So, yeah, I mean,
1: that's a stretch.
0: Yeah, I doubt it. Like
1: conversationally five
0: languages. Yeah. All right. That's still pretty
1: impressive, actually.
0: If it's true, but you know how these motherfuckers (laughs) are. If one of the languages is uh, plagiarized
1: Michelle Obama speech, then there's one. (laughs) (laughs) Their son is pretty cute. Baron? Yeah.
0: Mm. He always looks like... um,
1: Like dumb, like a little bit dumb. (laughs) was a little dog.
0: (laughs) I think that he always looks a little bit sad, actually.
1: Yeah, he does, huh? Or, like, worried. Like, like,
0: he doesn't, he's always looking at the ground. Yeah, or, like, he does. his eyes or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I kind of feel bad for him because isn't that a sign of abuse? And I'm not saying that he's being abused. I'm just saying, like, maybe yeah. it's all too much for him, you know? Fuck,
1: yeah. At least the older ones are already cunts. <laughs> so they're, like, whatever. I mean, like, their dad's ruining them, but they're already cunts anyway. So.
0: Except for Tiffany. Tiffany, the one that he doesn't even remember the party exists. one?
1: Party Tiffany? <laughs> oh, she's a party. She's a party. Yeah, she's a party girl. Mm.
0: I I just know that like uh, he barely acknowledges her existence. And that's she to seems like to be the, the one wife. wife,
1: the one wife that like was in the cut, like the middle wife.
0: Yeah. Marla Maples. Yeah. <laughs> he, that's Tiffany's the daughter that he said that he wished he would have aborted. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, poor Tiffany. But she's going to she's going to get out of this like with she, the best right. reputation. Yeah.
1: I still stand for uh, Vanessa, the one that divorced her.
0: She got a man? A new one, I mean? I
1: don't know. I hope so. Remember then it came out that fucking uh, baby was having an affair with uh... Aubrey O'Day. Yes. What the fuck? <laughs> Dude, Aubrey Day looks like an alien. I don't know. What the fuck is going on with her? Really? I haven't seen her recently. She looks fucking crazy. It's just like too much makeup, too much plastic surgery combo.
0: Damn all these women have like the something about like the way that we portray women in media has made them think that they have to look a certain way and like they have to fuck up their whole face to like yeah to like be
1: sexy yeah no i like, or, like uh i really like jersey shore so i'm really hyped that jersey shore is back but like you it's crazy like all of the girls on the show got fucking a lot of plastic surgery and then they'll so they've been airing the old episodes because they have the new episodes out Mm -hmm. and they look like different people they look so much better oh yeah yeah like now they look better now no before
0: (laughs) (laughs) the only people who I think look better with like a shit ton of plastic surgery are a Kathy Griffin looks oh she does look way better yeah she looks fucking great
1: Sharon Osbourne too. Oh yeah, her oh, plastic I- surgery was good on her. Uh, Roseanne. Oh yeah, it does look better on her. Fuck, fuck her though. And
0: fucking Queen Cher. Oh yeah, Cher looks incredible. Was she like
1: eighty? Like she looks fucking incredible. Yeah. Shout out to Cher for just being <laughs> the queen that she is. Everyone go follow Cher on Twitter because it's a fucking treat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's uh, doing the Lord's work and in uh... <laughs> clap back. <laughs> She's a clapback queen. Her and Rihanna should start a club. <laughs> They're the clapback queens.
0: <laughs> I'd listen to that album
1: or a podcast. Imagine Rihanna and Cher on a podcast. Oh, uh, we have to quit.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. For <laughs> sure. I was gonna say, imagine them having a Vegas residency.
1: Oh, like just
0: take all of my money.
1: Oh my God. Cher should do a residency. Can she, she has, still
0: move she, around though? She does it from time to time. Like, oh, um, okay. She does. I think she takes over for. Celine or something for stretches. Like, that when Celine awesome. goes on vacation, like, she'll do a month or something.
1: Awesome. Let's go to that. Oh, we gotta go to Gwen's, but... I know, I really want to.
0: But Gwen's man's is a low-key sh- supporter, so... uh
1: That's so weird. Yeah. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit! This Perrier is refreshing. What flavor is it? Regular? It's, yeah, it's just regular, but I cut up a lemon and put it in <laughs> Oh, you fancy. I'm a fancy-ass bitch. (laughs) Okay. Hi, me. Hi, Steph. Hmm. People who lived with Manson on the ranch and in the desert denied that they were a violent
0: group. All
1: right. Should we get into my topic? It's pretty horrible. (gasps) I am ready. My body is ready. Your (laughs) body. All right. This is a pretty bad one, dude. I'm gonna do uh, the Manson family murders. Holy shit! Yeah, damn. This would be a long time, dude. Damn. (laughs) Uh, Okay, this is. Let me get settled. Okay. Yeah. Take a breath. Woo. Grab a rosary if you have one. (laughs) Woo. Okay, girl. You know how many rosaries my grandma has given me. I I got. I got. Let me just reach for one. I know. (laughs) (laughs) If you're in a Latin American house in uh, the United States, you're never more than two (laughs) arm stretches away from a rosary. (laughs) um okay so i got most of this from all of the wikipedias okay okay sharon tate roman polanski there's a tate murder wikipedia there's a charles manson wikipedia and there's a manson family wikipedia okay i also got some from the people magazine stories uh on the murderers and the murdered uh this article in the atlantic called the real cult of charles manson by sophie gilbert And this article in the Washington Post called Sharon Tate Became the Face of Victims by Teresa Vargas. I also watched a shit ton of YouTube videos because if you like literally just Google like Mm -hmm. Charles Manson, you get so much crazy shit. Yeah. Okay. I had to take breaks from this because I was like, you're fucking freaking out, man. (laughs) I bet, dude. There's a lot to this story. It's super horrific and twisted. And that's my trigger warning. Okay. There are also, you know, like I said, there's so many pieces to this puzzle that we have to connect before we get to the actual murder. So bear with me. Okay. I'm going to start with the bio of Sharon Tate because she's central to the story. Okay. All right. Sharon Marie Tate Polanski, RIP, was born in Dallas, Texas. She started off in small TV roles before breaking into movies, fashion, and modeling. She has the all-American look because she's this tall, leggy, blonde-haired bombshell mixed with, like, 60s Brit rock vibe.
0: Oh, yeah. She totally gives off the vibe of um, Heather Graham in the second Austin Powers.
1: Oh, my God, May. Okay, I'm so glad you said that. So, (laughs) this is what I wrote. When I was looking at pictures of her and trying to describe her beauty, I can't because she's stunning, but... She reminds me of a mix between the essence of Twiggy and Heather Graham. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's perfect what you said. <laughs> I, w- <laughs> I was going to do like a um Austin Powers voice, but I can't. <laughs> I don't know how to do one. Hello? Oh, he he
0: loves Come Austin here. Powers.
1: Huh? <laughs> Can you do an Austin Powers voice really quick? What do you want me to say? Whichever one. Do I make you Randy, baby? Yeah. <laughs> he was doing it yesterday too do i make you horny (laughs) tight okay
0: okay anyways
1: sharon describes herself as shy due to the fact that her father was a u.s army officer and so she moved around a lot as a kid and was never really able to maintain friendships her father was stationed in Italy in 1960, and she attended high school and graduated abroad. Cool. Wait, what year did you say she was born? Uh, 19... Oh, I didn't say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. But in the 60s, she grad. In 1960, she graduated high school. Okay. So, yes. She started entering more beauty pageants as she grew up and gained small celebrity status while she was living in LA. I mean, cool. in Italy. In Italy. Cool. While she lived in Italy, she got a part as an extra with her friends in the film Hemingway's Adventures of a Young Man. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Richard Baymar noticed Sharon in the crowd and they began dating. Ooh. He encouraged her p- to pursue a career in film and this is when she began appearing in TV. Okay. So in 19 this, 19- this is still ahead. in Italy. This is still in Italy, yes. Okay, cool. So in 1962, the Tate family moved back to the US and set up shop in sunny Los Angeles. All right. Sharon quickly got an agent and she was engaged for the first time in nineteen sixty-three to French actor Philippe Forquet. Okay. Their relationship Okay. Okay, okay, Sharon (laughs) My little croissant. (laughs) (laughs) Their relationship was unhealthy and they broke up. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess they fought a lot. In 1964, her boyfriend, Jay Sabring, a former sailor turned hairstylist, also proposed marriage. But Sharon declined because she feared that marriage would cut her acting career short. And also, he is probably gay,
0: right? He's a sailor turned hairstylist. Maybe, yeah. Those, and it's
1: the 60s.
0: Yeah, those two, the Venn diagram of those two professions are, yeah. like, the overlap is gay.
1: Yeah, seriously, that's true. Breaking news. <laughs> Um, fun fact, Jason Bring later became famous for introducing hairstyling for males to the U.S. public. What? There was so no- crazy, right? Like, people didn't style... Like, men didn't style their hair. Like, they didn't put gel or hairspray or, like, curl it or anything like that before, like, he... I guess he started doing it in L.A. and then... This is the tall tale, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that's pretty Be- interesting. Very cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, He's like the John Frieda of his time. Mm-hmm. 19- I was going to say F- Vidal Sassoon. Ooh, that's a fun one. <laughs> in 1964 and 65, Sharon broke into film having small roles in The Sandpiper and The Americanization of Emily. She had her first major role in The Eye of the Devil and her performance was praised. Okay. Okay. Directors and co-stars did brush her off as a great beauty with no talent, but I don't really think that was the case. It was more like no one really gave her a real shot because she was so beautiful, which isn't fucking fair. Sure. This film was shot in London, and after filming Wrapped, she became a London socialite and broke into the fashion, nightclub, and modeling world. Yeah, baby. Which basically sounds like the best time of your life. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck yeah. So this time is when she met director Roman Polanski. Polanski agreed to cast her in his film The Fearless Vampire Killers if she wore a red wig. So she did. Okay.
0: Definitely that's what you do. Roman Polanski back then tells you to do something, you fucking do it. Yeah, you're like,
1: oh, sure, bro. Yeah. During the production of the movie, Polanski and Sharon Tate began a romance. Okay. A slightly interesting fact is that Sharon's ex-sailor boyfriend, Jay Sebring, Traveled to London where Polanski and Sharon were living in a shared flat and he demanded to meet Polanski. The tea is that Jay was devastated that Sharon had moved on, but at the end of the day, they all became friends and he remained Sharon's best friend throughout her life. Aww. That's sweet, right? Yeah. Oh, he was gay. Yeah. Good for him. (laughs) (laughs) Polanski and Sharon moved back to LA when Polanski was contracted to direct and write the screenplay for Rosemary's Baby. Mm Mm-hmm. Sharon was then signed on to play a major role in the film Valley of the Dolls alongside Susan Hayward, Patty Duke, and Barbara Parkins. Fun fact, Patty Duke's role was originally given to our Judy friend Judy Garland. Leather lungs Judy Garland. Ooh, I'm going to correct you, May, because it was Susan Hayward. Oh, that's right.
0: <laughs> RIP Patty Duke, but you're right. It's Susan Hayward's role, but Judy fucked it up.
1: Yeah, what happened? Why did Judy get taken out? Judy couldn't learn
0: her lines and like she had gained a shit ton of weight and she was just out of it because she was
1: d- too far gone on drugs at that point. Man, that sucks. I was looking at actually pictures of Judy Garland because we follow that one account. Baby Frances Garland? Yeah. yeah, that one's awesome. Yeah. Um, And I feel really bad for her because at some points in her life, and she's super young because she died young, so I yeah. know there's no old pictures of her. <laughs> right. She looks very, very thin, and her face just looks so aged. Right. And it's all the drug use and, like, amphetamines and coffee and... Yeah, it's staying up years, for days at exactly, time. Years and, of bad sleep. Oh. <laughs> Take care did of yourself, you, people.
0: Did you hear that Liza this week said that she would, doesn't fuck with the Renee Sel- Selwiger movie?
1: Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. I was interested. I was really wanted to watch it. Yeah, I mean, me I, too. I'll still watch it, but... Hmm. But if Liza ain't with it... right. Okay, so Valley of the Dolls opened to pretty bad reviews. Unfortunately, Sharon kept being overlooked in her later films with most people just referencing her for any sexual scenes or for her great beauty. Sharon expressed a lot of frustration with this and even ended up referring to herself as just sexy little me. Aww. I think she struggled with the kind of objectification that is really very problematic for a lot of beautiful women and men and Mm -hmm. it's kind of a taboo subject Because society doesn't like to feel bad for skinny people or beautiful people. But these are very real problems and they make people feel worthless. So they're super awful. Oh, for sure. And it's almost like
0: damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like society wants you to be like this beautiful person. And like she, you know, she got that and she was that. But then they're like, oh, well, you're, you
1: know, you're you're obviously you're obviously not a good actress because you're just so pretty. Yeah. So damn it. I know. Sharon and Polanski were married in Chelsea, London on January 20th, 1968. Cool. Her wedding dress was a white, turtleneck, long-sleeved mini-dress, which she wore with white boots. Oh my god! It's awesome! Fu- it's fucking wifey goals. Yes! Love it. Yeah. Polanski was a womanizer and was never monogamous throughout their marriage. Mm. Allegedly, she was always okay with it, but close friends disclosed that she believed he would change after they got married. But girl, yeah, they never do. Right. Come he on, showed girl. you who he was when you met him. Yeah. Like, what the hell did you think? Yeah. So after they got married, they moved back to L.A. and had the coolest fucking group of friends on earth. Their social group included Warren Beatty, Jacqueline Bisset, Leslie Caron, Joan Collins, M- Mia Farrow, Jane Fonda, Peter Fonda. Lawrence Harvey, Steve McQueen, Henry Fonda, Jim Morrison, the Mamas and the Papas, and Candace Bergen.
0: Oh hell yeah. Damn. How many orgies do you think they
1: have? Oh hell yeah. (laughs) Dude, Candace Bergen? Oh, she she was bomb. Beautiful. She's so fucking pretty.
0: Yeah. Love her. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I hope Candace Bergen and Sharon Tate macked on each other.
0: (laughs) Steve McQueen?
1: Yeah. Jim Morrison?
0: Jim Morrison. Yeah Farrow.
1: So you know fucking, uh, what's his face showed up once or twice? Who, Woody? Yeah, Woody. Him and uh, Frank Sinatra. Yes.
0: <laughs> I was going to say not Woody because she was with Frank
1: Sinatra at that time. And that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. So they moved into a home in Beverly Hills and it was allegedly the spot where everybody would always meet up, including strangers. Dope. They had hey, the just whole- meet us at uh, Sharon and Roman's house. Yeah, you know, they'll be there or not. <laughs> It had the whole free spirit vibe that was all the rage at the time. And Polanski used to say that he wanted to be married to a hippie, not a housewife. Okay. Some friends were critical of their laid backness, thinking that they were laid back to the point of recklessness and it was alarming. What the fuck? We know a few people like that though, right May?
0: (laughs) No comment.
1: People so laid back to the point of recklessness.
0: No comment.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Sharon became pregnant towards the end of 1968 with their first little baby, Polanski. Okay. And the couple moved to a house on 150 Cielo Drive in Benedict Canyon. The house was owned by their homies, Candace Bergen and Terry Melcher, who rented it out to them. Cool. They continued to be the notoriously laid back, free spirit, hippie hosts that they had always been. They were back and forth between L.A. and London due to their careers, and on July 20th, 1969, Sharon returned to L.A. solo. Polanski was still in London finishing up a movie, but he was set to return on August 12th for their baby's birth. So, in the meantime, he asked their friends Frykowski and Folger to stay with Sharon until he got there. This is
0: uh, Folger of the coffee Folger.
1: Yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah Folger of the Folger coffee fortune. Yeah. and Frykowski was a fellow writer and director. Cool. I don't think he had done anything, but he was just friends with Roman and he was like, you know, starting out and I don't mm-hmm. know, they were they were homies. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now let's take a break from Sweetheart Sharon and transition into background about evil human garbage Charles Manson. All oh, right. Charles Manson was born in Ohio in 1934. His mother was an unwed 16-year-old. His father was a con artist who fled before his birth. Um, I point out the unwed part because this is 1934.
0: So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's important at that yeah. time. I'm sure that the... everybody treated him like fucking garbage. His whole town knew
1: about it. And, yeah. you know, they had like fucking marks on their foreheads. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and later (laughs) also had marks on his forehead. Manson's mother was also an alcoholic who often left Manson alone when he was a baby or with babysitters if she, you know, could be bothered to get one. Oh, God. When Manson was five, his mother was sent to jail for robbery and he lived for some time with an aunt and uncle. When his mother was released, she went back to robbing and drinking and sent Manson to a school for boys in Indiana run by Catholic priests. Uh-oh. You know, cuz she needed to get rid of him so she could yeah. keep partying and shit. Yeah. She could get her beer pong on.
0: Fucking partying in the 1930s, 40s, yeah. what the hell was that like? I don't
1: know. <laughs> she she lifted up her fucking garter belt. <laughs> <laughs> what she they- cashed in her war bonds and like <laughs> <laughs> hung out by the lake. <laughs> Is Mark Twain around this time? Did she <laughs> she party with Huckleberry Finn
0: <laughs> Tom Sawyer?
1: So Manson escaped from that school and rented a room by himself. He supported himself by burglarizing stores at night. Okay. He was caught and sent back to school. Oh fuck! Four days later, he stole a car and obtained a gun, which he used to rob a casino with his classmate. Whoa! <laughs> so That's,
0: far, so far, I'm actually liking his life. Like he's <laughs> so far.
1: Fuck. That's quite. This is oceans 2? Yeah. <laughs> So, he was again caught two weeks later robbing a store, but hey, he didn't get caught robbing the casino, which is kind of impressive. Yeah. That's tight. And they sent him to another boys reform school. Okay. At this school, he claims to have been raped by three boys.
0: (gasps) Okay.
1: He escaped this school in 1951 when he was 17 years old. Damn. Okay. So, he was there for a number of years years yeah let's guess like five years this okay. fool has lived a full fucking life by the time he was 17 yeah i didn't know funny. i didn't know how to wipe my ass but 17 <laughs> charles manson is successfully robbing casinos <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking crazy yeah he used stolen cars to flee to california he was caught again robbing and was sent to another training school for boys because apparently this was the sentence for fucked up little boys at the time yeah at the training school, he was found to be illiterate and aggressively antisocial. Okay. He was transferred to an honor camp the same year.
0: The fuck is that?
1: I have no idea. Okay. In January 1952, at the honor camp, he was caught raping a boy at knife point. Holy shit! Right? Okay, you lost me, Chuck. Chuck. Yeah. Chucky, you lost me. We're done though. Yeah. He was transferred to a reformatory in Virginia after he got caught raping the boy, and at this reformatory, he committed, quote, another eight serious disciplinary offenses, three of which were homosexual acts.
0: Okay. Yeah. All
1: right. And then he was released in 1954 due to, quote, good behavior. Yep. Clearly. Gotta gotta love that system, baby.
0: Yeah. Fuck. God damn it. I know. This it's like red flag after red flag.
1: How long is this motherfucker's rap sheet? By the time it's 1954.
0: Oh god.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So now he's 20 and he's an antisocial, illiterate, rapist, thief with a lengthy rap sheet and without mm-hmm. parental figures. Yep. Fuck. Not necessarily all the attributes of someone who we would think would go on and contribute to society in any <laughs> sort of positive way, but hey. <laughs> go ahead and send him free.
0: And if he would have died at 20, he wouldn't have become
1: the person. That That was awesome. Upon release, he kept stealing cars and robbing stores, obviously, Mm -hmm. leaving to another sentence of three years in prison in San Pedro, California. Oh, shout out to San Pedro. Ah, yes. Shout out to that fried fish, baby. (laughs) He was briefly married and had a son, Charles Manson Jr. During this time.
0: Oh, this—that's unfortunate
1: that's for yeah. Charles Manson Jr. <laughs> you, yeah, does he still uh, exist? For sure, I think so. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Upon release, he became a pimp to a 16-year-old girl named Leona. Yo. Manson was again arrested for trying to cash a forged U.S. Treasury check, and 16-year-old Leona pled in court for him to be free god damn yeah she said that she wanted uh, Manson to go free that he did uh, that she did everything on her own that Manson wasn't pimping her and that she was deeply in love with him
0: okay so this is where we start to see his that like charismatic sort of psychopathic hold that he has on people
1: right that's exactly why this little tidbit stands out to me not because it's shocking or anything given his history but because Mm -hmm. yeah we have someone who was previously described as aggressively antisocial and in the span of like two years he's married and has a child with a woman and Mm -hmm. also convinced another very young vulnerable woman to adore him so badly that she does sex work for him and pleads his his case for him yeah so that's wow. critical in probably Manson discovering that he had this sort of talent like you said, the charisma mm-hmm. that he hadn't untapped. Yeah. Yeah, so it's fucking dangerous.
0: Was he was was he
1: handsome or something? He's not bad looking, but Okay. he's not like Ted Bundy. All right, okay. Uh shout out Ted Bundy. Anyways. <laughs> RIP. <laughs> <laughs> uh after his release uh leona and another woman were now being pimped by manson so the other woman was caught and arrested for sex work leading to manson's next arrest he was ordered to serve 10 years in prison
0: wait he got 10 years in prison for pimping
1: for the second offense of pimping, but I think it had more to do with his criminal record up to that point. Oh, okay. Right? Because they'll take leniency on you when you don't have anything. But if you have like, you know, you robbed a casino, raped someone at (laughs) a knife point, previously pimped a girl, I'm safe to say that you're not going down the right path.
0: (laughs) Pimping ain't easy, as they say. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Like, He could have gotten, he should have gotten 10 years for raping people. Yeah, that's what I think too. But mm.
1: Okay, go on. Once again, shout out to our legal system, our criminal system. During this prison sentence, he learned to play guitar. (laughs) Just like when Biggie went to jail. Yeah. He learned to rap better. Yep. He also practiced Scientology. No way. Yes. (gasps) Upon entering prison on the prison worksheet, he claimed that he was an active Scientologist. No fucking way. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. Ooh. I know. Shout out Scientology. (laughs) (laughs) Also, he obtained the name of Gary Stromberg, the name and like contact info of Gary Stromberg, who was a producer at Universal Studios from a fellow inmate, Phil Kaufman. Fun fact. Bloop. Phil Kaufman was in prison because he stole his friend, country musician Graham Parson's body following heroin overdose and then burned it in Joshua Tree.
0: What the fuck?
1: shit was real wild wild west back in the fucking oh. 60s <laughs> don't
0: you want somebody to love <laughs> <laughs> oh. damn we should yep. go to joshua tree yeah let's do it there's some 10 this... houses yeah i know i always look at the airbnbs in joshua tree yeah let's go to this spot in where this he burned state. the body <laughs>
1: Let's do it. Actually, after I've been doing all this research, I would like to take like a Manson family, like L.A. haunted tour or something. Oh, yeah. That'd be kind of cool. So Manson was released on March 21st, 1967. All right. So upon release from prison, he begins to form the Manson family. So let's get into that. Okay. Manson moved to an apartment in Berkeley, San Francisco, California. He was living off of begging and became friends with 23-year-old Mary Brunner, who was working at UC Berkeley's library. Manson was able to charm and move in with her. He groomed her, as we say, and overcame her resistance to bring other women in to live with them. After some time, they had 18 women living together with him and Mary.
0: What the fuck? Yeah. He's not divorced, right?
1: Oh, fuck. I have no idea. I hope, I assume so. I mean, it doesn't even matter because he never got remarried or anything like that. Right, right. But just for his first wife's sake, I fucking hope so.
0: Yeah, I'm just wondering, where is she? Is she with the child? Are they all living
1: together in some sort of commune situation? No, she's not in the picture anymore. So I hope she is far, far away from him. Yeah. So Manson was a local of the Hate ashbury Hippie District in San Francisco, which makes perfect sense if you've ever spent any fucking time there. Mm Mm-hmm. I once saw a bald man walking up Hate Street completely naked except for kids and socks and a briefcase and watch. The
0: only thing that bothers me about that is the kids and the socks. No, I'm
1: okay with the socks. But we're talking about San Francisco, mate. This was a steep fucking street <laughs> and he's walking up and his balls are <laughs> fucking flailing from side to side. <laughs> I would have been concerned except for the fact that we were in Hate Ashbury. <laughs> And you can't be like bald and have your two balls exposed. Yeah, like, that's there's too, much. too
0: too many smooth surfaces. And What on earth was in that briefcase? <laughs>
1: <laughs> what kind of excuse me, sir, what kind of business are you up to?
0: <laughs> Part of me, sir. Would you happen to have a business card?
1: <laughs> <sighs> so okay, so Manson's belief system for his little family was that Satan and Christ would overcome their differences and join together at the end of the world to judge humanity. He meshed this with ideas of Scientology and began brainwashing his first group of female followers. They were the, they were then dubbed the Manson family and it's now recognized as a cult.
0: My favorite thing about that is Satan and Christ overcoming their differences. So right. like what, the what, same what, person, right? Did they like call each other on the phone? Like, <laughs> Let's Dude. talk this out.
1: Let's, let's squash
0: put, it let's squat let's put this shit behind us we are old what are we doing what are man? We- <laughs> so much time has passed that's like when debbie reynolds and elizabeth taylor squashed their beef yeah, and they're we're like, like fuck eddie yeah yeah
1: <laughs> <sighs> okay so the manson family believed that they were a reincarnation of the original christians They portrayed themselves as free-spirited, loving, communal society members. They also actively participated in hallucinogenic drugs. Most of the members of the Manson family cult were young, middle-class background women who came from not-so-perfect families. Yep. Patricia Krenwinkel, who's one of the members who's later involved in the actual murders, Mm -hmm. explained while she was on the stand that with Manson, for the first time, she felt safe and like someone was going to take care of her. Mm, so yeah. he definitely targeted the weak.
0: Oh yeah, sure. You have to if in you're a, in that. If cult, you want to get like if a you're in the cult of power business, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rule one of the cult business: <laughs> prey on the weak.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Towards the end, Manson allowed a motorcycle gang access to their commune by granting them access to the quote family women.
0: Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. God damn it! Mm-hmm. That's he's pimp. He's just taking his pimp into the next step. Yeah, pimping ain't easy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Manson implied strongly that he was Christ in the form of a manifestation of Jesus, little baby Jesus. (laughs) He often envisioned himself as being crucified and would like, I guess, talk about that all the time. Um, there's like fucking millions and millions of studies of Charles Manson himself, which we cannot get into because it would take fucking days and we'd have to change the name of the fucking podcast. Okay.
0: <laughs> Wait, you mean like psychological studies? Yeah. There's a okay. lot of
1: uh, shit out there about like this people full- just trying to figure out what the fuck is wrong. Yeah. With him. Like okay. trying to break him down and like what the fuck he was about and yeah. meaning to his fucking evilness. But okay. One thing most people agree on is that he was very dynamic he had a very dynamic personality and knew how to read people's insecurities and weaknesses and then play on that he was a con man through and through yeah he also thought very highly of himself in all aspects obviously he thought he was jesus but also like i guess he would always tell people in jail that you know he would surpass all of the fame and success of the beatles if he could just ever get out of prison yeah 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 (laughs) and this is like 1960s beatles so we talking about
0: Dude, this is pre Heather Mills. This is yeah. <laughs> Dude, I think about that all the time too. Like, if if only if we could, like, if someone just gave us the chance, we could surpass
1: Jesus <laughs> and Marrow?
0: We could surpass Jesus
1: and Mero. Exactly. My favorite murder. What are all <laughs> other podcasts? Two Dope Queens. Yeah. Okay, so now we're in 1968. Do you ever think about
0: someone, <laughs> someone like this? If only. If things would have been different in their in their brain or like in the way that they were raised, oh and yeah, nurtured, the the heights that they could have gone to, you know, mm-hmm. they could have brought people together, and that's like pe- what
1: people say about Hitler, right? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, like, yeah. If, if- they just weren't evil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Which how is how much ed- good they could do. Exactly.
0: That's a tall order, but like, yes, yes <laughs> definitely. You got this one
1: little thing.
0: <laughs> He's all good
1: except for this one,
0: one little thing. He just wants to exterminate a whole race of people, but I mean, mm-hmm. who hasn't had a
1: bad Mondays? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So now we're in 1968 and this is where the events leading up to the murders take place. So these moments are all very important. Yeah. At this point, Manson is a full blown cult leader with tons of young girls devoted to him. Mm -hmm. So Dennis Wilson of the Beach Boys allegedly picked up two hitchhiking Manson women and took them to their commune where he met Charles Manson. I say allegedly because Dennis Wilson was associated with Charles Manson. This we know is true. But there's a lot of stories about how he became associated with him. One of which is the hitchhiking story. And that's the one that's mostly used. But another story is that Manson was his drug dealer. And mm-hmm. so on and so on. Another story is that like Manson mm-hmm. met him at a, like a, at a studio. And there's a bunch of stories about how he became associated with Manson. That's how I, he- I heard the studio story. Yeah, that's another one that goes around. In most of the things that I read, it was the hitchhiking story. Okay. So that's why I'm saying it that way. Okay. So allegedly when Wilson met Charles, uh, Manson began kissing his feet and brought him into the commune. Wilson became a host for part of the Manson family who would come stay with him in his house. That's why I don't fuck with the Beach Boys. There's some issues with the Beach Boys, dude. The Eagles also. We got to do an episode about that motherfucker.
0: Ooh, I I got some tea on
1: that one. I've been researching. Hell yeah. So, um... Also, later on, uh, Wilson said that it cost him about $100,000 to host the Mansion family. I don't feel bad for you, motherfucker. Yeah. No one told you to do that shit. Yeah. Uh, Wilson sang and talked with Manson, who treated the women as servants. Like, I guess they, you know, that was the whole spiel. Mm-hmm. Wilson paid for Manson to record some songs and make a demo and introduced Manson to entertainment people, including Terry Mitch- Melcher, who was a record producer at Columbia at the time. Mm-hmm. The Manson family then grew to include Charles Watson, a small-town Texan who quit college and moved to California and had nothing to lose, apparently. Okay. Okay, so now let's move on into the next horrible thing, which is helter-skelter. All right. Yeah. You need a break? Should we talk about something else? You want to (laughs) giggle? You want to talk about uh, Daria for a little bit again? (laughs) Their leggings. The Simpsons? (laughs) I I actually... uh, listened to part of the tupac episode recently and i was laughing because we talk about the simpsons all the time (laughs) we do (laughs) yeah like we often bring them up but hey man if you're our age you probably grew up on that shit
0: yeah that's
1: funny and you grew up on the good ones so you have fond memories (laughs) of (laughs) not like these kids these days no these munchkins (laughs) lisa's not even a vegan anymore fuck this shit (laughs) all right on april 4th 1968 martin luther king was murdered Manson had already begun his preachings on white and black racial tension before it happened. Yeah. So he advised his family that the murder of Martin Luther King would bring the social turmoil that he was predicting. Uh-huh. He also believed that the Beatles had predicted the same racial turmoil and that The White Album was actually written in code and intentionally intentionally directed at the Manson family. He believed that the album instructed the Manson family to preserve the worthy from the impending turmoil. This alleged impending racial apocalypse was later renamed by Manson as Helter Skelter.
0: Do you think John Lennon gave a fuck about you, fucking Chuck? <laughs>
1: Chuck? Or like, even, no. Knew who, or Paul, like they knew who the fuck you were? Yeah. Also, just in hindsight, Paul McCartney has talked about that song specifically. And he's like, nah, man, it's just about acid. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's just about being high. No fucking code to it. I'd love that song. Me too. So that album in general. Yeah. So Manson made an album whose songs were also in code intended to trigger this predicted chaos. He What he said would happen was that black people would then murder white people and white people would retaliate, causing a split within the whites between racist and non-racist whites. Okay. B- black people would ultimately triumph, but they would be taken over by the Manson family, which would ride out the conflict secretly until it became their time to prevail. What? Yeah. What the fuck? Fuck, right? Like, what the fucking fuck? How is this in your fucking mind, Grapes?
0: And fucking Dennis Wilson was listening to this and he was like, oh,
1: sounds cool, man. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) He was just faded and looking to get his dick rubbed. Yep. Okay, so once the album was complete, Manson set up a meeting to show it to Terry Melcher. But alas, Terry Melcher never signed him or agreed to make his album. There are other reports that Terry never even ever showed up for the meeting, but most likely it seems like he actually did meet him, but then, like, he got rejected. Like, he was like, nah, man, we're not making this shit. Yeah. So there are a ton of other different theories in regards to the murders themselves, but Helter Skelter is the leading one as to why they did what they did. Manson has said that this is, you know, why they... quote had to do it or whatever Mm -hmm. what we know for sure is that charles manson is a psychopathic cult leading con manning rapist criminal he made a fucking album terry melcher didn't sign him and murdering then ensued because basically what he tried to say is because they couldn't get that secret coded album out which would start Mm -hmm. black cop lips now (laughs) (laughs) manson was like all right well we gotta we gotta come up with other ways to get helter skelter started yeah and that's how they started fucking killing people oh fuck okay so first they killed a man that they believed was part of the black panthers later it turned out that guy wasn't a part of the black panthers Uh, okay then so that was their first murder uh then they killed a ucla student who had been friendly with some of the manson family members so now let's get to it on August 8th, 1969, Sharon Tate went out to dinner to her favorite restaurant, El Cayote Cafe on Beverly Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Mexico and congratulations to their national soccer team for being in Germany for the first time since 1985. <laughs> oh my God. My dad was like, uh, Did you watch that
0: game? And I was like, Yeah. He's like, Who's going to get them to shut up now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing.
0: <laughs> They're so
1: annoying with that shit. Dude, we went to go watch it at a restaurant, okay? At like 8 in the fucking morning. At 8 in the morning, people were taking fucking shot and shot oh, and shot. I was like, what the hell? I can't even fucking... Ugh. I'm not even awake yet. I need some water. <laughs> okay, so Sharon and her friends, Jay Sabring, Sailor ex boyfriend and BFF. Yeah. Frykowski. Screenwriter and Polanski's homie, and Abigail Folger, heiress to the Folger coffee fortune, returned to her house after dinner at Coyote Cafe at about ten thirty p.m. Okay, I want to go to. Let's go to that restaurant. Do you hate yeah. it? No, I mean I've never been there. I I always drive by. It looks cool. Yeah. So Charles Manson instructed the following members of the Manson Family cult to Sharon and Polanski's home: Tex Watson. Susan Atkins, Linda Casabian, and Patricia Krenwinkel. Mm -hmm. The home at 150 Cielo Drive was owned by Terry Melcher and Candace Bergen. Mm -hmm. They were renting it to Sharon and Polanski. Right. So Manson thought Terry still lived there. Mm -hmm. His instructions were to kill everyone in the home. Shortly after midnight, Tex Watson climbed a telephone pole and cut the phone line to the house. Then the group walked up to the house... And 18-year-old Stephen Parent, who had been visiting the caretaker of the Polanski home in the guest house, was in his car on the way out. And Tex Watson saw him. So Tex went up to him, opened the door. Stephen begged Watson not to hurt him and said, like, I won't say anything. Please just let me go home. Watson then tried to stab him, slashing the wound of his palm and tearing off his wristwatch. He then shot him four times in the chest and abdomen. So that Ooh, was their fir- first victim. They killed him in the driveway. Yeah. Watson then cut the screen of a window of the house and jumped inside. He opened the front door and let Atkins and Krenwinkel in and told Cassabian to walk down to the gate and stay over there as a lookout. Uh-huh. A sleeping Frykowski was woken up on the couch and Watson kicked him in the head. Frykowski asked who he was and what he was doing there. And Watson replied, it's Britney, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I th- you could have gone
0: with, uh, you could have gone with, everything's bigger in Texas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Watson. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I'm the devil, and I'm here to do the devil's business. Whoa. Okay. Susan Atkins tied Frykowski's hands with a towel. Susan Atkins then found Sharon, Jay, and Folger and forced them all into the living room. Watson began to tie Sharon and Jay together by the neck with rope. Jay was protesting constantly, especially of the rough treatment of pregnant Sharon, and this prompted Watson to shoot him. Watson then stabbed the groaning Sabring seven times. Oh, okay. I can't even imagine how Sharon Tate had to be feeling at this point.
0: Yeah. Like, it's, you're, you're worried for yourself,
1: obviously, for your unborn child, for your friends. and Right. And yeah. she already has, like, intruders in your house, which is scary as fuck. Now yeah. they're fucking tying her up. Scary as fuck. And now they fucking murdered her best friend in front of her. Yeah. You know? Oh. So, like, what do you – I mean, at that point, I think you know you're going to die. It's just you, a matter of time.
0: Yeah. I would have, like, pissed myself.
1: Yeah, for sure. Folger was taken to the bedroom for her purse and she gave them all the money she had on her. Frykowski then got himself free of the towel knot and began to fight with Susan Atkins. Susan Atkins stabbed his legs as he ran out the front door. Watson ran after him and caught up to him in the driveway and he pistol whipped Frykowski in the head, stabbed him repeatedly, and then shot him twice. This caused the gun's right grip to break. Frykowski was stabbed a total of 51 times.
0: What the fuck?
1: Yeah. I'm pretty sure most of the stabbing was Tex and Susan, although in later years, I watched this fucking interview of her when she became a born-again Christian after she had been in church. Yeah. Um, and she gives some bullshit story about a powerful force not letting her bring the knife down onto anyone's body. And so it was Tex doing all the stabbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, bitch. Rotten hell. Yeah. Casabian, who had been keeping watch at the gate, walked up to the house because she started hearing, quote, horrific sounds. She got scared and she told Susan Atkins that she saw people coming and which was not true it was a lie. But she just mm-hmm. wanted to stop the massacre. Yeah. Folger, meanwhile, had escaped out of the bedroom door and was caught by Krenwinkel, who stabbed her and tackled her to the ground. Watson then showed up, and together with Kren Winkle, they stabbed Folger 28 times. Fuck. Okay. Meanwhile, Cher and Tate is still tied to Jay's dying body inside the living room. Mm -hmm. She pleaded over and over again to please be allowed to live, to be allowed to live at least two more weeks so she could have her baby. She offered herself as a hostage to them as long as they would save the life of her baby. Mm -hmm. But uh, Susan Atkins and Watson stabbed Tate to death. She was stabbed a total of 16 times, five of which were fatal. And Watson later wrote in his memoir that as Sharon was being stabbed to death, she cried out, Mother, Mother. Oh, Jesus Christ. I know. God damn it. Susan Atkins then wrote the word pig on the front door of the house in Sharon Tate's blood using the towel that she had tied Frykowski's hands with. The bodies were found the next morning by the housekeeper. The bloody, there was bloody writing on the front door of the second guy they had killed, the UCLA student. So that uh-huh. directly linked that case to this case. Okay. The first suspect was the housekeeper, obviously, because he lived in the guest house and, you know, they always start with the people closest. Yeah. Um, And also because the first victim was his friend, his 18-year-old friend. Also, oh, God. I, I know. I
0: feel so bad for that him guy. Uh, because he just came upon this scene that. Obviously, th- that instant is going to change the rest of your
1: life. Oh you yeah, you are not—you'll never be the same. He was released, obviously, shortly after questioning. Polanski had to be informed of the murders while he was still in London because he was still four days away from his planned return. Oh god! So he got on a yeah. flight immediately, and yeah. and obviously, then as soon as he got back, was questioned and held by police for a while. Right. Damn! Do you what kind of drugs do you think they gave him so that he would be? Okay. Cool cool to yeah, fly over here and like, I don't oh, know. God. I don't know. Um, I even saw a press conference that he held because for a while before they caught the Manson family, they were quite there were a lot of fucked up stories about them and like that they were they held drug parties and all this stuff. So he held a press conference where he had to defend his fucking dead wife and say like Sharon never drank, she never took drugs. Mm-hmm. And he said, like, yeah, I smoke pot, and like most people in Hollywood smoke pot, but she didn't. And no. it has nothing to do with that because one of the stories was that it was a drug deal gone bad. It,
0: that bad, like where you're stabbing people fifty times. No, where it's like a, a, drug, ma-
1: a massacre like this. No, yeah, no, a drug dealer is going to shoot you in the face and, and then, like then run away, moving. yeah, yeah. And, and steal shit from your house. Yeah, yeah. So Roman Polanski buried his wife Sharon Tate and their unborn child Paul Richard Polanski oh. on August thirteenth, nineteen sixty nine. Sharon was 26 years old and 38 weeks pregnant at the time that she was murdered. Holy shit. Polanski named the baby posthumously. Jay, Frykowski, and Folger all had ceremonies on the same day, hours apart from one another, so that everybody could attend all of the ceremonies. Polanski yelled at journalists who were, like, bombarding him. Telling them, you always wrote that she was beautiful. You always said that she was beautiful. Maybe the most beautiful. But did you ever write about how good she was? It's really sad to watch. Yeah. The massacre of Sharon Frykowski, Folger, Jay, and Stephen Parent caused shock throughout Los Angeles. Several celebrities ended up moving out of the city. I want to say that this started like the time when celebrities started their trek to Palm Springs. Oh, okay. And most people bumped up security. And then before the Manson family was caught, like I said, there were a bunch of crazy theories out and Polanski allegedly became hyper-paranoid and suspected all of his fucking friends and associates. Oh, that's horrible. That's awful, right? Yeah. The Manson family committed one other murder after this of the LaBianca family, where they also wrote something like Piggy on the wall in blood. That house is two blocks away from my house. Okay.
0: Shout out LaBianca's. Shout out Waverly Court, right? That's the street? Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay. So now let's get to the arrest of the Mansons. So in 1969, September now, a month later, the Manson family was arrested on unrelated charges. Their commune was raided in connection with the major auto theft ring. The Manson family had taken off to Death Valley to find a, quote, bottomless pit to hide in because, remember, they had to hide during what they believed was going to be helter-skelter? Yeah, yeah. So the Death Valley National Park Rangers found stolen dune buggies and cars. So they called the police. Yeah. And that's what led to the fucking arrest, including Manson. The police had no idea at the time that they were involved in any of the murders. Mm-hmm. detectives then got a warrant to that fucking commune that they had in LA and remember that motorcycle gang he let chill there
0: yeah
1: they're the ones who spilt the tea to the police regarding a possible connection between the Mansons and the murders mm, okay
0: so they were like blabbing about it I'm assuming
1: the Mansons the Mansons they yeah they were fucking yeah uh, exact. they were fucking Lando it. okay so, uh, yeah, then Susan Atkins, while she was being held for the unrelated auto theft charges, was allegedly constantly bragging to other min- inmates in the dormitory about what she did. The police then acted on this and they arrested Watson, Cranwinkle, and Casabian. They were able to get physical evidence in the form of fingerprints from the crime scene, which was still intact, which is very important. John Benet Ramsey. Don't be Mm -hmm. fucking up with crime scenes, motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. Leave that Mm -hmm. shit alone. Mm -hmm. So the trial began in 1970, and Casabian, who was the member who did not participate in any of the killings, however, was there and was the lookout, became the key player. She was granted immunity in exchange for testimony detailing all of the crimes and everybody's involvement.
0: Was Was she the youngest? I don't
1: think so. Or something? I don't think so. Susan Atkins looks like a fucking kid. She's like... 19, they all look like kids yeah so susan atkins like i said spilt the tea because she thought that if she gave her honest testimony that it would save her from the death penalty the, because the prosecution kind of like made it seem like that's how it would be but they didn't hold up their end of that bargain yeah manson and the other family members attended hearings with exes on their foreheads and the ladies giggled their way through proceedings When you look at video and pictures of them, it looks like they're, they look
0: possessed. They look scary as fuck. They look like, yeah, like totally like they could have all black
1: eyes or something, right? Right. Mm -hmm. There's just something, there's a power over them that clearly. So Susan Atkins, who, fuck her, but. I watched some of her. Inter- She's the one who like will give interviews. Still, like Casabian yeah. is like you don't even know where the fuck she is, and I think she changed her name.
0: And you haven't brought up, isn't there Leslie Van Houten? That's the other one.
1: No, she didn't participate in this murder. She participated oh, okay. in the other murders. Okay, so got that's got why it. I didn't talk about her. Uh huh. So yeah, th- so Susan Atkins like. In one, After she became a born-again Christian, she, like, hella wouldn't stop fucking talking about it. And mm. she said that she had taken so many drugs that she was still high, like, off, like, the residue or whatever of all the drugs during the proceedings. Nah, bitch. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah. Nope. So at one point in the beginning, Manson tried to represent himself, which obviously went really badly. Mm -hmm. He later tried to leap over the defense table and attack the judge while the ladies stood up and started chanting in Latin. Wow. Yeah, they're really fucking scary. The female defendants were stopped from testifying by the prosecution because there was tea going around that they were going to take all of the heat so that Manson could go free. Uh okay so the prosecution yeah. stopped them from testifying and when the girls found out they weren't going to be able to testify they're they fucking freaked out like in court they fucking lose it yeah manson shaved all of his head and trimmed his beard to a tight fork telling the press that he was now the devil like towards the end right his followers continued to fucking follow him they should he's still representing himself Yes. Yeah. no he has an attorney now okay His followers shaved their own fucking... Like, after this fool shaved his head, they fucking shaved their head. When he drew an X on their forehead, they fucking drew X's on their forehead. And they all, like, stood outside the courthouse, sitting outside during his proceedings. Yeah. On January 25th, 1971, the four defendants were found guilty of 27 separate counts, and they were all sentenced to death. Oof. Okay. None of them actually ever got killed via Mm -hmm. death penalty. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the aftermath. Sharon's mother, Patty, was a constant voice throughout the hearings and subsequent parole hearings for the rest of her life. She said that she felt like if the murderers were able to always tell their story to the judge when they wanted parole, that she had a right to be there and tell Sharon's story too and make sure that they didn't get parole all right patty yeah she helped pass the victim's bill of rights in 1982 in california which allowed for victim impact statements at certain phases of the legal process and this is now the standard in all of the united states yes yeah patty passed away from breast cancer in the year 2000 and her sister her sister deborah continued to represent sharon and the tate family at all of the manson family members hearings yeah. Sharon's dad never made public comments, but he was always present in court with his wife and he always wrote very strong letters opposing parole.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I think he was just a, a more quiet guy. Like he didn't really want to yeah, talk, but he, d- he did his thing. Mm-hmm. After Sharon's Pansky, Roman Polanski donated all of his possessions in Los Angeles. He's called the time that he shared with Sharon the happiest he ever was in his life. He said in his autobiography that Sharon's murder shattered his religious faith, and his life has never felt complete since that time. He said that before her murder, he was a happy man, and he was lighthearted, and that after her murder, he's become bitter, and he's no longer happy.
0: That's... I know. (laughs) He's... He's complicated. His... uh, The happy time in his life produced Rosemary's Baby, (laughs) and (laughs) (laughs) and the darker times in his life the pianist the pianist shout out to adrian brody's nose (laughs) (laughs) people are people remember how people were cool with him forcibly kissing Halle
1: berry yeah that was weird it was a
0: different time Mm
1: -hmm. would you be mad if adrian brody macked on you hell yeah yeah he's like 90 percent nose (laughs) 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 i don't want to mack on a nose So commentators around this time said that the Manson family murders had this weird cultural shift in Los Angeles. Uh, People think that this was the day the 60s died in L.A. There was no more sense of community. Tensions rose. People were no longer free spirited. And Beverly Hills sporting goods sold 200 firearms two days immediately after the murders. Yeah, it's disgusting. Also, after all the Manson cult group of acid head hippies did this horrible shit, it finally gave conservative suits of the world an ability to point their fingers at the free loving hippies of the time and be like, see, see your stupid fucking carefree hippie shit. It don't work. Yeah. Get a fucking job and stop prancing around in flower gardens. Mm <laughs> hmm. Yeah. This evil representative of the counterculture of the time made everyone take a step back and step away from every anything that even slightly resembled that lifestyle. So, you know, then we didn't see those people. That's why we don't see those kind of people no more. Yeah. That's free love. Like, yeah. Fuck yeah. that. Sharon's movies have since gained somewhat cult status and film critics have reassessed her skills and praise her for her acting abilities. So RIP Sharon, Frykowski, Stephen, Folger, and Jay. Yeah. Charles Manson died at age 83 after spending 48 years in prison. He gained his fame, albeit not for any sort of musical talent or saving the world from any racial black apocalypse. Uh, there are bands named after him, movies, books, shows, fucking Quentin Tarantino's making a movie right now. Uh, Once Upon yeah. a Time in Hollywood. I don't know how I feel about that.
0: And um, wh- who's the dude that's starring in it? Emile Hirsch? Uh-huh. He's problematic as fuck. He beat some woman up in the middle of Sundance. Fuck like devil. with like a hundred witnesses, who is Leo? I think Leo's going to be Tex, yeah. And
1: is Brad Pitt going to be in it too? Yes. Something? And uh, fucking Scarface. Oh, Al Pacino. Yes, thank you. Homegirl too. What's her name? Margot, Margot Robbie. Robbie. she's yeah, gonna, she's gonna, gonna be, be, Sharon. be Sharon. Sharon Tate. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't like. I think it's. I think it's fucked up because. Sharon Tate's family is still here, you know? Like, it's fucked up to sensationalize something that... I mean, it's fucking interesting. I'm talking about it. Should I shut Mm. up? (laughs) (laughs) No, go on. But I don't want to... Like, a movie, like, I don't know. Like, fucking... I think it's kind of fucked up and rude, like... Well, it depends on the movie. Yeah, true. True. You know?
0: You kind of, like, have to see how they handle it. Because there is an exploitative way to handle it.
1: And there's, you know... Just, like, a a truth to... to tell her story. Yeah. That's true. Has... Uh, polanski said anything about it about the movie i don't think so Mm. okay all right well susan atkins died in prison in 2009 patricia krenwinkel was denied parole for the 14th time on june 22, 2017 and will be eligible again in 2022 tex watson was denied parole in 2016 for the 17th time linda casabian was given immunity like we said in exchange for her testimony She was left partially disabled from an auto accident years later and now lives in an undisclosed part of the United States. And that's the Manson family murders.
0: Whew. Damn.
1: That one's deep, dope.
0: Oh, that was, um, I felt like I thought I knew everything about it, but like to hear it all like together like that together like that is, oh God, it's intense, right?
1: Yeah. Mm. Fuck. Yeah, dude. Uh, Fuck Charles Manson, Ugh,
0: R.I.P. R.I.P. Rest R.I.P. in pieces. Rest in pieces. <laughs> oh no! And Folgers isn't even good coffee, man. If she would have
1: li- <laughs> May, don't you do this to me? If she would have, if she would have lived, like maybe she could have. Uh... You don't like Folgers instant coffee, like you won't drink that.
0: I have it in my house.
1: Yes, every Central American family has that in their house. Yeah, but. Do I drink it? No. I'll drink it. I'll drink it with a the... but I do need like a like a, a creamer. And I don't I... even use creamer in my regular coffee.
0: When I was a kid, every morning I would just pour myself a glass of milk, put in a teaspoon of folded yes, coffee, yes, me too. Uh, a little bit of sugar and like mix that shit up. Yeah. That was the OG latte. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> the best part of waking up. It's
1: vultures in your cup.
0: R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> that is so much. I know. That dude. is so. I know. That story. That story had it all. It had Scientology. You know. It had Beach Boys. <laughs> you know.
1: It had casinos, A fucking murder, sex workers.
0: Yeah. Fuck. Uh,
1: <laughs> drugs. Yeah.
0: Oh, no. Beatles. <laughs> Help the Skelter. Charlie
1: has all fear. Everybody has given their fear to Charlie. All
0: right. Well, for today's quickie. Ooh. I've got, remember when Vice President Dick Cheney shot somebody in the face?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> they were hunting, right? Yeah, they were hunting quail. We're hunting
1: rabbits. <laughs> they were hun- They were, they were in- very very <laughs> quiet. It's rabbit season.
0: <laughs> they were They were hunting quail
1: in Texas. That's a different one. That's Elmer Fudd? It was true.
0: No, that's a different one. It wasn't. Oh, I'm sorry. That one's tight, though. The Flight of the Valkyries. Yeah. That one? My yeah, bad. My bad. Different
1: one. My bad. Yeah. I'm, I'm not up to. I'm, I need to freshen up on my Looney Tunes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I need to freshen up on my Tiny Tunes. Remember that show? Fuck
1: yes, I remember Tiny Tunes. Yeah. That shit was legit. That's about the same time as Muppet Babies and Garfield Ooh. and Friends. Oh. That's the oh, trifecta right there, baby.
0: Dude, you know I fuck with Garfield and Friends. Hell
1: yeah. That, that egg, egg? That egg? that yeah. <laughs> egg. Fuck that egg.
0: Uh, okay so dick cheney was in texas you know kicking it yep and if you could i feel like people have forgotten before this administration like he was like the most evil person to ever get to that level yeah it was pretty wild <laughs> at that point but now it's now that now
1: <laughs> we wish we had stuff. dick cheney yeah
0: dick cheney was like uh was like a real life batman villain right like and So he was taking, taking you know, a weekend break from being a Batman, Batman villain, took his ass to Texas, was having a few beers with his friend, motherfucking hunting wabbits, <laughs> and he was in a ditch, because I guess that's how they do it, right? They like, they're in ditches, and then they release the quail, and then they shoot. Like immediately,
1: uh-huh. which is
0: this is the most bullshit thing I've ever heard in my life. How you is that hunting? These, yeah. You raise these birds in a cage and then the first time you open the cage, you <laughs> kill them. Yeah. Well, anyway, so apparently like this dude, his name was Harry Whittington. Mm-hmm. He had shot a quail himself and it landed a little bit behind Dick Cheney, like, like, I don't know, a few yards. Mm-hmm. And he went to pick it up. And meanwhile, like one of the, one of the quails that Dick Cheney was tracking went behind him. So he turned around and like shot at it, but missed and shot this motherfucker in square in the face. Oh my
1: God. What happened to that dude? Is he, is he paralyzed?
0: No, he, I know his voice has been permanently affected because they, you you know how shotguns work? Yeah. There's like a whole bunch of shards or whatever. He, one of those is or they left like 30 in his face and chest and one of those is lost lodged in his voice box so like he talks funny oh my god
1: you know that <laughs> fool hates dick Cheney. like he never wants to see dick again
0: <laughs> oh please god never let me say that yeah <laughs> <laughs> dick cheney was like oh you know my friend was involved in this accident And like, he was like, I wouldn't call myself a friend, more of an acquaintance. Oh my gosh. And then he did this weird thing where he apologized to Dick Cheney. He said something like he had a press, like later, because he had like, he ended up having a heart attack while he was at the hospital (gasps) because one of the shards got like lodged in his, like one of his heart valves and like, it was a fucking mess. Damn. And finally, when he got out, he had a press conference and he was like, I'm sorry for uh, to Dick Cheney and his family for everything that they've the media has put them through what because of my injury.
1: Fuck? If you shoot me, I am not apologizing to you, <laughs> Mae. No way.
0: Hell no. And you would not owe me an apology. Yeah. And the the other fucked up thing is that Dick Cheney didn't even go to the hospital with him. What? No, because and people were speculating that it's because he had been drinking, so oh. he was like waiting for it
1: to sort of wear off. Oh yeah, because they're gonna want to talk to his
0: ass. Yeah. But I know that he was having cocktails at the lodge the next day. Oh, my God. I I might have a cocktail after I shot you.
1: Yeah? Just in honor of you, because I feel like that's, I'm not that's mad the what you would want. Yeah. yeah, I would want that. I would. <laughs> Just have a good one. Just make sure it's gin. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Dick Cheney shot his homie. Acquaintance. Acquaintance. My bad, my bad.
0: All, All right, right,
1: guys. I'm tired. <laughs> That's this week's Drama Club. Sorry to have bummed you out. We're super bummed
0: out. If you want to be bummed out with us, hit us up on social media. We're at Drama Club Pod on instant Twitter, Drama Club Pod at Gmail. If you want to send us a little longer email, hit us up at the hotline at 505 539
1: 0556. Damn. Dude. I got a memory like a steel trap. I actually wrote it down and I was trying to come up with a jingle, but I couldn't. Uh I saw you called it. Yeah. <laughs> Calling myself. <laughs> hey Steph, good job on the podcast. <laughs> Catch
0: you guys next week. Bye. However,
1: whatever with your help. Me.